Hey friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. Welcome back to episode four of the Anchored in Always podcast. In today's episode, we will look at the biblical process of lament and how it can help you as you grieve loss in your life. This process is not just for the loss of a child or a loved one, but any loss. Maybe it's the loss of normal or of a dream for you, your job, your marriage, identity, health, and many more things. I think as a society, we are uncomfortable with the idea of lamenting. We feel we need to move on quickly and get on with our life, either staying stuck in our anger and pain or putting on a mask that we are okay, everything is fine. Lament is a process of bringing your sorrows to God. From the book Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark Rogop, he defines it as the honest cry of a hurting heart, wrestling with the paradox of pain and the promise of God's goodness. I remember wrestling with God when my son was fighting brain cancer. I felt if I prayed in full belief that God would heal him this side of heaven, and I never doubted that he could, but then if he didn't, or it wasn't his will for us or for Marcus, then I would feel let down by God and more disappointed. But if I prayed for his will and acceptance of his plan, then did that mean that I didn't fully believe he would or could heal him? I wasn't sure how to pray or what to feel, as if it was up to me somehow. I had no control but I felt like I needed to do something, and it left me feeling confused, anxious, angry, and exhausted. When Josh and I first began to learn about biblical amen, it was in the last month before our son passed. We were doing parts of it already, but when we began to do the full process, it was life-changing for us both. Lament is rooted in what we believe, that God is good, God is sovereign, He does hear our cries and prayers. It's being honest about the brokenness of the world, our lives, and circumstances while also acknowledging his character. Lament is the path from heartbreak to hope. In the first step of lament, we turn to God in prayer first, not Facebook or substances to numb or people to fix us. We come to him, our father and creator. Then we lay our complaints at his feet. We give voice to the hard questions. Why, God? Where are you? We express our disappointment and move toward resolution. Then we ask for what we need from him. We ask boldly, with confidence, even when, like me, you aren't even sure what to ask for. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. That is Romans 8.26. We call on the character of God, his promises to us. In our pain, we anchor our souls to God and what he has already done and ask him to do it again. We call to him, arise, O God, grant us help. Remember your covenant to us. Let justice be done. Asking God to remember connects our present struggle with his faithfulness. In Psalm 25, 6, it says, remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they are from old. 
Pain has a way of showing us our deep need for God. We see our powerlessness. It can be the catalyst that draws us into a closer, more meaningful relationship with him. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive help in our time of need. In the last step of lament, we choose to trust. In my marriage crisis, even when Josh said that he was being faithful or when he went for treatment, I still struggled to trust his word. It wasn't until I saw real heart change in him that, that he wasn't doing this even for me. He was pursuing Jesus, and because of that, I began to trust him more. We choose to trust God every time, even if the trial is long or the outcome is not what we hope for. There were several times before Marcus actually passed that he would be in distress. His oxygen, oxygen levels would drop and we would do everything that we could do to bring him back, but it wasn't working. This was at the point where Josh and I had decided not to call 911, but to let Marcus pass peacefully in our home with all of us together. So when these episodes would happen, we gathered Hannah and Isaac, and we played Toby Mac, which was one of Marcus's favorite artists, and we would all gather around him with tears in our eyes, and we would say goodbye, see you soon in heaven, your fight here is done, sweet boy, only to have his oxygen levels start to come back up and stabilize. We had fully surrendered him just minutes before, as much as any parent can do, feeling as if you are actually surrendering a piece of your heart as well. But we had come to a place of acceptance that if it was that it wasn't God's plan to heal him here. We don't know why, but we chose to trust him anyway. In Psalm 13, it says, We can trust in his steadfast love. Look back at your own life. Write down the things God has already done in your life, not to mention his ultimate act of love, the cross, and begin to give him thanks for his faithfulness. In Psalm 13, 5. It says, my heart rejoices in your salvation, in your perfect plan of redemption. In that we were unable to do for ourselves, Christ did for us when he died. So because of his steadfast love and plan for salvation, we can have confidence that nothing can separate, him, separate us from his love. Romans 8 verse 35 and then 38 through 39 says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but that gives me hope. His promises may not end, in, end the pain for us right now, but they do give it purpose. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who have been called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. So in these passages, Paul takes the reality of suffering and combined with the process of lament, it highlights the glory of God and his great love. And then we can experience that if we choose to trust him daily. This, like anything else worthwhile, takes time and is a process. I think so many times in our lives, we want the quick fix. We expect that, expect that if we just change a few things, that it will get better. But most of the time, what we find is that the lasting change we really want takes time. It takes determination and discipline over a period of time where we are sharpened and grow, and then we begin to see the change in our lives and in our hearts. We learn to live in the tension of pain, but also the joy of, conf of confidence in God and in, in his sovereignty by trusting him. When you read the Psalm of Lament, you will see this pattern and notice 
So I'm going to read Psalm 13, and I want you to see the pattern that we just talked about, those steps. And notice the yet. That is the fourth part of lament. We turn to God in prayer. We lay our complaints at his feet. We ask for what we need, yet we choose to trust him. So Psalm um, 13 says, in this first part, you can see how he turns to God and lays his complaints here. He says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? And then in the next part, he asks boldly for, for what he needs from God. Look on me and answer, Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. And then here in this last part, he ultimately chooses to trust. But yet, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praises for he has been good to me. So I hope these verses and this process of lament blesses you all as much as it has our family. And remember, you are not alone. Please join the community at, at Anchored and Always on Facebook and share your burdens with others. Also, take some time to read through the Psalms and check out the book Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy by Mark Rogop. That's V-R-O-E-G-O-P. And I pray that you have a blessed day and stay anchored in always. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored In Always. I will put the group link in the show notes. You can also email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Another way you can do this is to take a quick minute and subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.